0: it's the what a weird week podcast for friday november 11th 2022 they just caught the biggest fish in the world (laughs) hi everybody it's weird this is like crazy being healing really weird weird well i got a great show for you today with some wonderful weird stuff thank you for coming back to or checking out what a weird week a podcast that's the top 10 weird stories of the week let's go dramatic pause you guys hey 10 okay number 10 is a little bit um might be scary at pg-13 let's say and also i got this thing where people can't tell when i'm being sarcastic or being uh straightforward sometimes my voice so let me just say i certainly mean no disrespect we're going to jump into this uh mummy story the headline is random corpses in portugal are becoming mummies Deceased people have been undergoing some sort of natural mummification. And how they know this is, in Portugal, they have a law because they don't have enough room for new cemeteries. So, if you opt for a burial of your loved one, after about three years, you get a notification and there's an exhumation. And then you have a second burial in a smaller space because there's not enough room in Portugal. Well... They've been doing this for decades and sometimes the deceased is mummified and they don't know why it's not in the soil. That's the first thing you'd think of. Right. And they have done extensive research into that. It's not in the soil. So they don't know what is happening exactly. And it is a mystery for science. Nine. I don't know. Did I get through that serious story? Are we good? Nine. Well, we're not. I mean, define good. Nine. Number nine's a little bit more of a feel-good story. Man claps 1,140 times in one minute for Guinness World Record. He is 20-year-old Dalton Meyer, 1,140 times in a minute. That's 19 claps per second. They call him a speed clapper, which looks good on a resume. Speed clapping. I don't know. Does it look good on a resume? Maybe not. What do you do in, in your, your spare, spare, spare time? time. Well, 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 let me let show, show you. you. Prepare Very to be blown, blown away. away. That's, that was me as Dalton in a job interview. No, okay, moving on. Uh, the If you've never seen speed clapping, you have to do this special technique. We have a link in the show notes. You can watch the video. The speed clappers do like a swimming fish technique to clapping your hands. I mean, what do you think that sound is? That's speed clapping, by the way, but... That could be a lot of different things. Eight. Number eight is a wonderful combination of a deceiving headline from the Toronto Star. Sorry, Toronto Star. And a success story, a wonderful success story for some university kids. Researchers make device that can see through walls. What does it mean for your privacy? That's the headline from Toronto Star. Now, it's not a device that can see through walls, so... You know, when they paint that picture that we're all living in see-through houses, of course, now you have my attention. Uh, Yes, I'm nervous about my privacy, living in a see-through house, but that's not really what's going on here. Researchers from University of Waterloo, and when I say university kids, uh, I just want to point out, I mean that in a nice, I don't mean like, you kids, get off my lawn. I mean it more like, I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you meddling kids, you know, like at the end of Scooby-Doo, like uh, uh, the heroes. The heroes of this story are the university kids of Waterloo who took $20 worth of hardware and bought a drone at Best Buy and made a device that can detect where smart devices are. So that's the see-through walls thing. The It's not x-ray vision, but it's more like find my iPhone on steroids. It's very accurate, and they can find anything that uses Wi-Fi. So now... They're worried it could fall into the wrong hands because you could rob a bank. You could scope out a bank situation where the guards are. You could find out when rich people are not at home and steal all of the things. They're worried it'll fall into the wrong hands. I feel like things hardly ever fall into the wrong hands. Instead, generally, they are stolen into the wrong hands or sold to the wrong hands. The hands with the highest bid maybe. So I'm not sure, you know, the technology is out there now, and I guess it's good they, uh, if we're aware of this exploit. First of all, you're going to want to get a go out right now. Pause the podcast and go get a burner phone. That's the only way we're going to be safe, you guys. We all need burners. And I mean, while you're out running around getting that burner phone, you might as well put together a go bag, just in case. Seven. Number seven. The headline: A new study has found that verbal intelligence may be more prominent in early birds. Than night owls, oh, it's a feel-good story, you guys, or a feel-terrible story. A study that seems to indicate that people who get up early possess more verbal intelligence than people who stay up late. By the way, the article mentions the old phrase, the early bird gets the worm. Except in this case, you are the early bird, and the worm is your brain, your super smart brain. Quote from the article, we found that morning types tend to have a superior verbal ability. This outcome was surprising to us and signals this is much more complicated than anyone thought before. So congratulations, morning person. Some things to consider, though. We all have a time in the day where we are better at taking tests or doing challenging things. So if you're a morning person, you'd do better if they tested you earlier in the day. If you stay up late. Late test time would be better for you. So the researcher tried to factor all this in. But there's probably more going on here than just if you're an early bird, you're a brainiac. By the way, yes, I am a scientist. I science all day. I science all night, you guys. So take all of that to the science bank. One of the things you can learn from this study, though, they say it seems to indicate that our brains like routine. So if you have something challenging coming up... A test, something important, a big job interview, whatever. Try to get a decent bedtime, get out of bed before noon routine going, building up to this. I'm an early riser and I stay up late. How does that work? Not smart? Oh, okay. Not smart. Oh, well, moving on then. Six. That was simple. Number six. Oh, it's another field terrible story. Humongous asteroid heading for Earth. Our Earth, you guys. Our Earth So this headline is actually older. It's past tense now. It was a couple of days ago. This was November the 8th. An asteroid flew past us and got too close for comfort. We're always talking about these planet killer asteroids, you guys. It's like we're under attack. This time around, the too close for comfort range was 5.4 million kilometers. It came within 5.4 million of us. This happened on November the 8th. And the article came out on November the 8th. So what's going on there? Either the author ran out of time, couldn't meet the deadline, had to file it on the day the Earth was going to end, or didn't think the world was going to end. Who's going to finish their column? If it's November the 8th and your column says the world is going to end on November the 8th because of some planet-killing asteroid, are you really going to, like, that's dedication, I guess. I don't know. I feel like I need to know at least one day in advance so that I can panic. I need some panic time. Here's another thing, you guys. This asteroid was only discovered in September, and it made its near miss on November the 8th. Would that have been enough time for us to hire Ben Affleck and go destroy this asteroid? Ben Affleck's got a lot of projects. We've got to get out in front of these, you guys. You know what? I can't blame you, astronomers. I'm sorry for the harsh language, the tone, because we just had that story about how you need to get up early to be sharp. And astronomers... You do all your work at night. You're probably always tired. My gosh, I am so sorry. Five. Number five is a nice one. Man versus nature, I'm going to say. Man's conquest over nature. Man eats 10 world's hottest peppers in 33 seconds to break Guinness record. That's the headline. Man's name is Greg Foster. He did the impossible, you guys. It was Carolina Reaper's. He ate 10 Carolina Reapers in 33 seconds to get a world record. He owns a hot sauce company, so I don't know if he, like, has some kind of immunity or tricks of the trade. There has to be a trick to this. 10 Carolina Reapers, I mean, that can be, that can cause serious medical issues, can it? Even one Carolina Reaper can put you out of commish. The internet says eat spicy peppers slowly, so he completely did the opposite and set the world record. He completely failed, according to the internet. He did not eat them slowly. Carolina Reapers are about 2 million on the Scoville scale. Scoville? Scoville? Scov On the hot, hot pepper sauce uh, scale. Jalapeno peppers are around 8,000. So Carolina Reapers, 2 million. Jalapenos, 8,000. Bell peppers, and that's kind of my speed. They rank at 0.0 on the scale four, number four is a feel good story. And I'm not even kidding. Pumicle. The pony is really, really little. That's the headline different pronunciations I've seen online. I'm going with Pumicle. Pumicle is a Shetland pony who visits kindergartens and retirement homes in Germany. Pumicle is 20 inches tall. I don't know horses that much. I'm a city slicker, but I think that's maybe five, five hands. Somebody let me know in the comments. Also, Five-star review in iTunes. If I see it's five stars, I will associate five hands for the height of the horse. If it happens to be less, still give me five-star review. I'll get the message. Instead of horse measurement or five-star review measurement, how about crayons? Pumicle is six crayons tall, three soup spoons tall. And why did Pumicle make headlines this week? Uh, as near as I can tell, it's because of cuteness. That's all. It's a great photo. Pumicle is the smallest pony in the world. The article gets into it, but the Guinness World Record only gets awarded after a pony is four years old, and Pum, little Pum, is only three right now. Fully grown, but not yet eligible for the Guinness World Record. I'll tell you what, if you only click one link this week, it should be the one for Pumicle because it's great. And then the article also has these suggested headlines attached to the first article, World's, world's oldest, oldest living, living dog toby, toby keith the chihuahua, the chihuahua is, back is back on, his, on throne. his throne that's one of the headlines and he just, he just grew, grew and grew, grew like clifford Finer named, named world's tallest, tallest, tallest living domestic, domestic cat those are a couple other stories you will get as a bonus when you click on the pumicle tiny tiny pony story three number three the headline air canada has horse planes horse planes They announced a new airline service for horses. So now you can fly your horse to the Kentucky Derby. Other possible scenarios where you might need an airline for horses. You're a wealthy devil-may-care horse who wants to impress a date by taking them to Vegas. Uh, Maybe you're a wealthy horse who wants to join the Mile High Club. I don't know. I like to imagine right now there's a horse somewhere, a little horse, dreaming of being a pilot when they grow up. And thanks to Air Canada... One day their dream will come true. I feel like they should have a horse flight attendants. Wouldn't it be great if the entire airport, ground crew, the desk attendant, the luggage handlers, what if everyone was a horse? Horse airport! Now either that's a My Little Pony playset, that's number one, let me write that down in the idea book, all right, million dollar idea, or that's a TV show that we need (laughs) Horse Airport. Horse trainers have 90 days to get an airport up and running, staffed entirely by horses. That's my elevator pitch. Currently seeking investors. Are we millionaires yet or what, you guys? Number two, the headline. Okay, we had that beaver blood moon lunar eclipse this week. We also had some weird space deal late last week. I don't know if you caught this, if this showed up in your feed or not, but the other day, November 3rd, we had a solar storm that was so powerful, it cracked the Earth's magnetic field. So we ended up with some cool northern lights type auroras in different parts of the globe that were pink. Usually the northern lights are green, and I'm not even kidding. When it's pink, it means there was substantial damage to the Earth's magnetic field. There was a deep crack. If you want to do a deep dive into what auroras, like what causes auroras, charged particles interacting with the Earth's magnetic field. That's how I would say it. Hey, but... You can do a deeper dive on all of that. The thing about it, the thing that gets me nervous is I am unsettled by the smashing power of solar storms and cracks in the Earth's magnetic field, which, by the way, the hole in the Earth's magnetic field has filled back in. But I think it's obvious we need to pitch this to Reynolds Wrap. Giant aluminum foil sheets floating in space over the North and South Pole to protect us from these solar flares. It's very obvious to me, you guys, and it's a wonderful sponsorship opportunity, Reynolds Rap, for all your solar flare deflection needs. Honorable mention. Astronomers discover closest black hole to Earth. You guys, I did a speech on black holes in grade five, or if you're from the USA, that's how we say fifth grade in Canada. Oh, you already knew that. Okay. What about back bacon? Are you aware that it's basically ham? Okay. Good talk. I did a speech on black holes, and the first line of my speech was, a black hole isn't really a hole in space. My classmates were pretty impressed at how quickly I broke it all down and set aside our biggest fear of all time, holes in space. Science has moved the needle a little bit since my speech on black holes, but we still continue to call them black holes. Because no one has sued the astronomers for false advertising. Do you want to take on that class action lawsuit... Let me know in the comments. Astronomers have discovered the closest black hole to Earth. They call it Destructicon 4000. No, they don't, but that would be a good name, right? They call it Gaia BH1. I think mine was better. So it made a lot of the science headlines this past week. It is a dormant black hole, 10 times the mass of the sun, 1,600 light years away. So what does this all mean for us? Well, I think we're going to be okay. That's it. Just wanted to get in the thing about how I gave... It was the best speech I ever gave you guys. Grade 5. Another Another honorable honorable mention. mention. Another honorable Honorable mention. mention. Another honorable mention. mention. Second honorable mention. This headline. My gosh. Huge extra galactic structure found hiding behind the Milky Way. That's a legit headline from legit science, you guys. It's a bit... It sounds more sinister than it really is. Researchers found... Quote, large extra galactic assembly hiding behind part of the Milky Way. So there's a part of the night sky that, quote, is mostly obscured from view due to a bulge in the galaxy. Yes. They're talking about galaxy bulges, you guys. So they can't see. It's harder to uh, figure out what's going on in that part of the sky. They call that area of the sky the zone of avoidance, which is also what they call Larry's cubicle every Monday before he's had his coffee. Hey, What? Right, Larry? Come on, Larry. You know we like all the boys at the lab. We love to kid you. Come on. You know we love you, Larry. So they think maybe like 58 hidden galaxies behind the Milky Way. I don't understand uh, too much about science and that, but I do understand that's a lot of galaxies. And if we can go to there and steal their lithium, you know, maybe I can afford to get an e-bike. You guys, I don't know. Too selfish? Moving on. One. Thanks for keeping me honest. One. Number one is a feel-good story. Big fish, world record. It's firing off on all cylinders. You guys, I love it. Here's the headline. World record giant sunfish is heaviest fish ever weighed and a sign of hope. A good news story, you guys, to end this week. So here's the breakdown. Discovered in the Azores by marine biologists, the largest sunfish ever weighs 6,049 pounds. That's like a Ford truck. It weighs about the same as a Ford truck. This portion of the program brought to you by Ford. Say it with Ford this holiday season. Plus, freight and PDI. Dealer may sell for less. Maybe you're not a Ford person. That's also about as much as a 2018 Cadillac ESV weighs. First of all, congratulations on your being a Cadillac ESV person. This portion of the show brought to you by Cadillac. Cannot be combined with any other offers. Remember FDIC. Uh, Researchers towed the big fish to shore. They got it onto a forklift. They weighed it. They learned that I'm going to call the sunfish sunny. They learned that Sunny was a Guinness World Record-breaking fish, around 10 feet long, by the way. And the good news is, here's the quote from the article, it means the marine ecosystem is still healthy enough to sustain these large animals. Big ol' fish means there's hope. Hope for all of us, you guys. If you want to learn more about sunfish, my good heavens, they are a mystery to researchers. They don't know where they spend most of their time. They don't know what they do for fun in the off-season, that part I made up, but Here's your sunfish fun fact. I'm a city slicker, so if you knew this, sorry. I thought this was interesting. They flip over side. I mean, if you've ever stepped on a sunfish at the beach, I have done this, and it's, sorry, sunfish, but I didn't see you there because you were lying sideways. They flip over sideways to sun themselves, and that's why they call them sunfish. That's how they got the name sunfish. That's a good note to end on. I mean, I like the happy story, and I like remembering being at the Cape stepping on a sunfish the fish was okay by the way you guys my foot was okay i did squeal i let out a squeal and birds took off flying from the island it was anyway that's a whole other that's going to be my next podcast memories of the island with scotty